0: Hi, I'm Eden. I'm Sam. And this is Ruby the Podcast. We are a community of young women seeking answers to the hard questions and discovering what it means to cultivate our purpose. So join
1: us as we interview world-changing entrepreneurs, creatives, and industry experts.
0: All here to share the wisdom we need for living the Ruby lifestyle. One of authenticity, wonder, and intention. So take a breath. Settle in and get ready to discover who you
1: were made to be.
0: We are so grateful you're here. It is almost summer and summertime. I'm really feeling like I need it. I don't know about you, Eden, or anyone else, but it's kinda necessary. It is, For my mental health. It is necessary.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever wanted summer more. Like... I, I, keep, I keep saying that. Yeah, I keep telling everyone that. Be- I have my countdown going on my phone, which I do, like, every year. But I am so ready to not be thinking about school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day or every time we get out of school, mom and dad play this song. It's, like, summer... It's called Summertime, I think. But it's, like, an old song. And oh. it it's, like, summertime, 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 summertime. But... When we hear that song, it's like, oh, yeah, summer. So I just like gives want to hear vibes. that song, you know, what I'm saying? like
0: give, play the song. <laughs> Did you say gives <laughs> me the buzz, <laughs> no, no, it gives me the vibes. Oh, That's what I said, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I even like I don't know, I feel like I'm so done with school, but I'm not even halfway done. Oh, I with know my school. It's,
1: it's hard uh, next year, I'm gonna be a senior, which is insane, but. Yeah, and Sam still has 2 years, but but like they go they go really fast. Yeah. When it's just they're been done. a weird year. Yes, it has been a weird year. And it, it has felt very exhausting. But it's okay. We made it through, mm-hmm. we almost made it through. Sorry, we
0: almost. <laughs> we will make it. You're almost done. We're almost done.
1: But today we're going to be talking with Carla Williams, who is a screenwriter and a creative who lives in the UK and she highlights women's stories, which is really amazing and she has some super good insight just in the in that career field so this one's a great one and we'll see you guys on the other side hi Carla we're so excited you're here did I see you have an Eeyore mug
2: I do yeah (laughs) that's so cute yeah (laughs) I love it I've had it for like years and years and years there's only water in there but um it tends to get quite good reactions on zoom calls so it's like my go-to mug Yeah. Yeah. It's more exciting
1: than than the normal. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if we could get started with just you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your story and what you do, we'd love to hear it.
2: Okay, cool. So my name is Carla Williams. I am a TV screenwriter and also a co-founder and executive producer for Ms. Mono Productions. And Ms. Mono is a female-focused production company and we make original content which centers around female stories that is super cool i
1: i've been really interested in film lately it's because we're Mm. looking right now for possible careers for college and film just sounds so cool because i was thinking about it and there's just so many different avenues right like Mm. you can go into social media or do it like with movies or tv um are there is there like a direction that you took or there's multiple different ones that you could have gone instead could you just tell us a little bit about choosing your career
2: sure so film and tv and a lot of other creative industries there's like 101 different ways into that into them Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not necessarily one clear path as there are with other industries so uh where did mine begin so I've always loved stories since I was like a little girl so my mom used to play these little, she didn't read to us before we went to bed. She used to play cassette tapes instead mm. and we would listen to them and fall asleep. And I just, I've loved stories for as long as I can remember. And I've just consumed a lot of TV. Like I really love TV dramas in particular. So I always, I guess I wanted to be a writer, but I just had no idea how to make that happen. So I come from like a working class black family and I knew absolutely no one who worked in film and TV So I started off actually in theatre because it was slightly more accessible than TV was. So I studied like GCSE drama, which is kind of like the high school qualification in the UK. And then I went on to do A-levels, which you do before going to uni. Then I went to uni and did theatre studies. And then I left uni, couldn't find a job and just worked in a shoe shop for like months and months and months. So I guess eventually I got back into writing and it was always something I did on the side So for moving from theatre to TV so I first built kind of um I kind of built a bit of a network in theatre got to know a few people I had a couple of short plays produced I was kind of long listed Mm -hmm. for a couple of awards and then I decided I really want to pursue writing for TV and I felt my ideas suited TV more than they did theatre and film even and then I just actually started writing TV scripts which were absolutely terrible because i would never written (laughs) one before and I made the awful mistake well it's a brilliant mistake actually so I just cold called a production company and got put through to an an executive and I sent her a short film that I made that had done really really well and was a it had like won a best screenplay award she loved the film and was like well send me a tv script and I sent her the terrible tv script that nobody had read Hmm. and she proceeded to tell me how bad it was like bullet point bit by bit she told me what was wrong with it and it was probably one of the best things she's ever done because then I actually began to learn the craft of writing for mm. TV. Yeah. So I'd been to like a couple of events. I met this guy, this director who said he'd help me. So we were kind of working on the project together. And that's kind of how I started writing for TV. And it's just a combination of continuing to write, continuing to have new ideas and building a network so that people can read the work that I'm writing. Um. Yeah, that's how I got into it.
0: Right, yeah. Mm. What inspired you to start writing um, about women's stories through that aspect of film?
2: Just because I'm naturally interested in them. And it was Mm. just naturally the ideas that came to mind and I wanted to tell. So the short film that I mentioned that did really well, I wrote that in 2012. And it was a commission initially for theatre. And just a story I had in my mind, it was just a woman at the centre of it. And just I continuing to have ideas that explore a woman's female characters. I guess mm-hmm. being a film writer myself, I didn't necessarily set out to be a female focused writer, but I just wrote what I was interested in, and it happened to be stories about women. Which then, when I met a director Rebecca Coley, and we shared that similar um, passion, we set up the production company and decided to make it about women.
1: I love that. That's so cool. When you're out and about, how do you know when you see someone or something that makes a good story? Like what inspires you to go and say, oh, that needs to be made into a screenplay or I need to write this down?
2: It hits me is the best way I can put it. So in particular, there's a the drama I'm working on at the moment. I was reading a news article about a quite famous actor, writer, producer guy, and I just was consumed by the news article. Like I would read one article and then I would jump to another and then jump to another and I wanted to know everything about it. And it was in my head and I found it so fascinating. And then it just hit me. This is a screenplay. I don't know when it's going to happen. I get ideas all the time. Some of them are terrible that never make see the light of day. And some of them really stand out in my mind and it's like, oh yeah, I need, I need to write about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can't really control the inspiration. Truth be told, mm. it just kind of comes...
0: Yeah. These, like, film publications that you have that you're working on, like, is there, a, do you notice, like, a theme or, like, almost, like, is there always, like, something that's happening to a specific woman or is there a certain age group that you always, like, tend to write about or, like, how does that work in your mind?
2: So there's not an intentional theme, but I have to admit they all come from me, so there's going to be a theme if you look hard enough. Mm-hmm. I always write about faith in one way or another, so I'm really interested in, the grey area of faith and the nuance of faith. So I grew up in a a conservative Black Pentecostal church. And it worked for me until I started to have quite large questions about the life and society and the world. So I'm really fascinated how faith plays into that grey area in between. So I would say that tends to come up quite a lot. What else would I say? Social media, I've noticed, is actually popping up, and how divisive it can be. And somehow how that can be quite problematic. Restoration is another theme I've actually noticed recently of people who have maybe been a certain way before and then have changed and how we deal with that. Can we accept the new person or do we keep holding the old person behind them? Mm -hmm. And I guess how social media feeds into that, I guess in the current Mm -hmm. cancel culture that we live in, you can make a mistake at age 15, you're now like 40, the mistake comes out on social media and everybody wants you cancelled. I don't really agree with cancel culture. So I think that's something I like to look at and the nuance of that and that we're more than our mistakes, essentially.
1: Mm. When you're creating a story, where do your characters come from? Are they people that you know that inspire them? Or is it based on the theme you're working around? Like, how do you build those characters up?
2: So my characters come from me and the people that I know, which I'm learning quite a lot in this current... Development process. I always generally take inspiration from someone I've encountered or a trait from someone, and as well as traits from myself. So I just kind of layer them up into different characters. But if you know me quite well and you look hard enough, you can kind of figure out which bits are me and which bits are people that I know.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I can't lie. I take a lot of inspiration for myself and yeah, people that I know.
0: Huh? How does? An, like a typical workday look what does it look like for you like are you always on a set or are you always like most of the time spending time writing like in an office like what does that look like for you
2: so it depends on the day so um at the moment I guess with COVID happening a lot of productions have kind of been shut down so I'm not on set much and I haven't been on set for like the last year and a half so I also am at the moment working from home so it can be a lot of emailing so running a production company, there's a whole bunch of emailing that goes on alongside that. Uh, Zoom calls, so I have an awful lot of Zoom calls as well. I'm beginning to have a few more face-to-face meetings, um, and then some days I'm actually writing. So I'll set aside days to write, and when I do that, I kind of distance myself from my phone, come off all social media, and just focus on the project I'm writing on. Um, or potentially I could have like development meetings. So I work with a development producer. And we work together to shape my idea into a really great script. So I could have one of those and they can last anything from 45 minutes to three and a half hours, depending on what we need to address. And that will all be done over Zoom.
1: Right. So when you have a story that you write, what's the next step? Does it move on to all of a sudden, it gets edited, of course, like you had said, Mm -hmm. and then does it get moved on to get casted and then produced? Like what's the process of creating a
2: so it's a really long process. First thing I should say, it could take from me having the idea, it could take like three years till it eventually makes it to the screen. And okay. at, to date, I've not had a TV idea made it to screen. So I'm currently in the process of, so as a writer, if you have an idea, you ideally want it to be optioned by a production company. And that means they really like the idea and they want to develop it with you and then Eventually, once a channel is interested, they'll make the film, the the TV series for you. So I have an idea that's been optioned by a production company. So for the last, that happened last September. And for the last kind of nine months, I've been working with their development producer to write a pilot script for the series. So it's a four part series and also a treatment which will outline what happens in the entire series. So that's what I've been working on for like nine months. So once that stage is completed, then the production company will take the script and the treatment, and then they'll start shopping those around to channels. So Netflix, BBC, Channel 4, ITV, whoever. And then eventually, so that in itself is a process and a negotiation, but the end goal is a channel will say, we really love it. We want to make it. It's two and a half million pounds. They'll give that to the production company I'll continue to work with the development producer to write the other episodes and then it will move into production and then they'll start making it. And that's when we start talking about casting, getting a director, blah, 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 blah.
1: Right. And at that point is the, you in your role as the writer, would you be on set saying, oh, I pictured it more like this or is that more a different job?
2: So to a degree. So I guess it depends how involved you want to be as a writer and how involved your production company want you to be. So for me personally, I like to be involved in the entire process. So yeah, the director would be the one who realises the vision on screen. But I definitely want to have quite a lot of input into that. But for me, fundamentally, it's about finding the right director. So a director who really understands what I'm trying to create so that I can then trust them and their vision to not take away from what I've already written, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And then potentially, I also want to be involved in casting. So I think the cast for me is really important um so I would love to be involved in picking the right cast to kind of bring this to life
0: mm-hmm. do you notice that your work gets sent to like similar production companies or do they get sent to multiple and you get to choose is that like what you're saying like you get to kind of form it around that or do they just get sent different places all the
2: time so sending to production companies is a relatively new process so I only signed to my agent also last summer so they play a big part in sending my work to production companies so I have a couple of other ideas on top of this one, and I think there will be some companies that get what I'm trying to do and some companies that don't, because all companies have a POV, whether they acknowledge it or not. So there are some companies, the work that I make maybe doesn't fit with the kind of work they're trying to make, so it's not a good match. So that's kind of where my agent comes into it, and he's really good at helping me find companies and having connections to companies that would connect with my work really, really well. So that's what it used to be my job before I didn't have an agent and I wasn't the best at it. But now I have an agent. That's kind of his job to find the right companies that work with the work that I'm trying to create.
1: Mm -hmm. So talking again about inspiration for writing and for your work, who would you say is your role model in the film industry and what movies like really hit you and you Mm -hmm. were just like really empowered by them?
2: OK, so at the moment so it changes, truth be told, like yeah. I, every time I see a, an amazing piece of work, I, I gravitate to that. So it's not the same all the time. At the moment, I'd say Kerry Erin is someone I really admire. So she wrote and created The Morning Show and mm-hmm. she also co-created and wrote Bates Motel. And I adore The Morning Show. Like, I think it's genius. Like, mm-hmm. I love how it takes the Me Too movement and looks at it from a number of different point of views it's nuanced, it's complicated, it's heartbreaking, it's entertaining, it's funny, it's everything that I wanna create mm-hmm. as a creative. So Kerry Erin is up there. So Dave, it's a comedy series that I really enjoyed. The guy who wrote it is called Dave, but I cannot remember his surname. He also goes by the, he's like also a rapper called Little Dicky. And I really love that too. Like I love, um, he just looks at his journey into the music industry. Vulner- male vulnerability which we just don't see enough on screen mm-hmm. mental health issues are like a male mental health issues he looks at misappropriation of black culture he's super vulnerable in it so that's also a series that I really admired um and Ava DuVernay you can't not rate Ava DuVernay she's just amazing and um uh, how they see us on Netflix literally broke my heart like mm-hmm. it was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen so I'd say Ava DuVernay as well is a big mm-hmm. inspiration
0: Something I'm really interested in like is the fact that you're like in the United Kingdom and how does film there like have you seen does it seem different than it would in other countries or in the United States like is there a way that it flows differently or the process works differently that you know of?
2: That I know of? No. The process itself? No. Opportunities and personalities and ways of doing things? Yes. So I think in America, there tends to be a lot more opportunities for a lot more people. I think one, you guys have a lot more channels than we have uh, and now a whole bunch of more streaming platforms. And also things like the African-American market has been proved in America. Like People know you can create content for the African-American market and mm. they're gonna consume it. Over here, we're still trying to prove that. It's a bit of a tough battle over here that black people in the UK watch stuff about black people that isn't American. Mm. So that kind of has an impact on the opportunities that are out there. And equally, I find in America, there are more non-white people in executive positions than there are over here. So there are quite a lot of uh, executive positions hold in the UK are by kind of white middle class mm-hmm. people, essentially, mm-hmm. which has an impact on the kind of opportunities that are given to creatives. So it's slowly beginning to change mm-hmm. after the Black Lives Matter movement of the last summer. And kind of the industry is understanding the lack of opportunities. So it it feels like they're understanding it. But let's see how that translates in a long-term period. Mm -hmm. Um, But the process itself of making work, I think, is pretty much similar. So it's a development process and then moving into production and then shooting it and post-production is similar. It's just how many opportunities there are and who gets those opportunities, I would say.
1: Mm -hmm. What... What genre do you think you gravitate towards the most when creating a piece? I, I heard you mention humor earlier. And is that like a big factor for
2: you when you're writing? Sometimes, yeah, it depends what I'm working on. So I would say drama first and then comedy drama second. Okay. So I think everything I write, yeah, is either drama or comedy drama. I don't do straight comedy, like sketch shows and stuff and panel shows and all that kind of thing. I'm not really, that in, I'm not interested if there isn't really a narrative, but I sometimes like to use comedy to tell my narrative. So at the moment I've got three drama ideas and one comedy drama idea that I'm working on. So yeah, those, those two genres I would say I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm.
1: And you typically, you stick to those most, most of the
2: time, right? Well, the idea determines the genre, Okay. So far, there have been comedy, drama and drama ideas. I think it's because I do genuinely love narrative and good, detailed, complex narrative. So, like, horror for me is more about scaring people than it is telling a really good story, right. which is why I'm not really... And I don't really like being scared in horror. I can't lie. I don't... <laughs> the idea of watching a film to scare you just doesn't... I don't quite get... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> I much rather engage with somebody's story because I get, generally, I care about people and I like telling stories about people. Mm. So that's why I would say drama. And then when necessary, because I think humour can really help tell stories too. And I quite, I gauge quite a lot. So the, the series Dave that I spoke about is a comedy drama. And I really connect with that because the humour really punctuates the drama that's happening. So yeah, those are my two genres, just because I think as a person, that's what I, that's what I watch and that's what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you been able to form a strong community or or been able to grow close to a lot of people throughout working in the film industry?
2: Definitely yeah I'm really grateful for the community that I have so both a community and people who are really good friends of mine and also a network so people who I might not call up or go to dinner with but work wise I can send them projects and we can chat things and they know me and I'm beginning to know them Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been great I would say it's much female dominated. (laughs) I have two men in my life, my agents, so I'm represented Mm -hmm. by two male agents and my lawyer. They're kind of the only men that I have in my kind of professional network, which is not intentional. I don't Mm -hmm. set out not to engage with men. It's just so happens this is kind of what's happened. But there's some amazing talented funny determined incredible women that I have in my network. And I'm just really grateful to have them. Yeah.
0: Have you been able to see like increased female representation through the work that you're doing or through, I guess in the film industry, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but can you, have you been able to like see more females being represented like as you're in it?
2: Yes. So both on a smaller scale and a bigger scale. So I think a good example of that is the award season this year. Uh, what's her name? She did made that film, Promising Young Woman. Can't think of her name. Emerald Fennell ended up winning quite a few awards and Chloe Joao won a few awards for No Man's Land and they won in the director category which hasn't happened for like I don't know how many years which is great Mm -hmm. Um, and on a bigger scale I'm seeing that and on a smaller scale just the work my company's doing so we're in the process of kind of confirming two quite significant audio deals for audio series and both of them will be written by women which is an opportunity that my company has been able to create. And also one of our um, kind of, oh, I can't think of the term, one of the things we kind of stick to is to have at least 50% of the cast and crew to be women. So these two new projects will also be 50% female across the board. So that in itself is going to be more opportunities for women to work on the work that we're creating. Mm. So that I've seen in the last couple of years, which has been great and I'm really happy and excited because one of them in particular is quite an established broadcaster, can't say any more at the stage. Um, But it's just a great opportunity, which I'm really excited about.
1: Oh, congrats. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, so kind of in more wrap up mode here. What advice would you give to the girl who wants to get into film but doesn't know where to start?
2: Ooh, social media is a good place to start, I would say. Follow organisations, collectives, groups, people who you admire and do jobs that you want to do is the first thing uh engage as much as you can in events whether they be online or in person like you don't necessarily so people have a a massive fear of networking but you can make networking work for you you can do it in a way that's comfortable for you which is what I do so I'm definitely not a work the room kind of person but I like having conversations one-on-one with people so that's my way into networking if there's someone interesting I want to talk to I try to be brave enough to go up to them and talk to them so I would say Mm -hmm. start going to events and just beginning to meet people, like-minded people like yourself. Even if you set yourself a target of going to like two Zoom events a month. And the first one, you might not meet anyone. Second one, you might not meet anyone. But just to see what's going on in the industry, people around you, what people are doing, what they have to say, and just try to start to get to know people that way is what yeah. I would say. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is a question that we always love to ask our podcast guests. If you could go back to your 16-year-old self, who doesn't really know where you are today and hasn't seen the things you've been able to do and get into, what would you tell her?
2: Oh, what would I tell 16 year old Carla? You are good enough. You are talented enough. And don't be afraid, like push yourself and don't let fear and self-doubt stop you. Cause my, I think my only regret is I wish I could be where I am now earlier, but mm-hmm. fear, self-doubt, not thinking people like me could work in film and TV prevented me from doing so. So that's what I would tell 16-year-old Carla. Like, forget about the university degree. You don't need it. Just start working in film and TV. Start getting to know people and believe in yourself because you are good enough.
1: That's really good. So where can our community support you in the work you're doing? Where can we find you on social media and support you?
2: Cool. So we're on Twitter and Instagram is a good place. And we post regularly. I don't post. We have a... Uh, social media and marketing manager who's also called Carla randomly who's <laughs> <Love> brilliant? <it. laughs> yeah I know <laughs> who's brilliant and she does all of our posting but we're super, we are super we'd like to engage with people we post regularly we're also having regular events as well um it's an event called Ms Mono Meets which gives kind of emerging filmmakers people interested in the film industry an opportunity to ask questions to women that work in the industry already so we've got an event on Monday the 17th which it features two black female British screenwriters, which I'm really excited to be kind of sharing with people then. So you can come to the event, you can sit and listen to the whole thing and not engage at all. It's all online or you can ask some questions you can do either. So we post about that as well. So you can find us on Instagram where Ms Mono Productions, which is M-S-M-O-N-O Productions. And on Twitter, we're Ms Mono Prod, P-R-O-D. Um, You could also go to our website, which has everything on there, which is www.mismono.com.
0: Carla, it has been so amazing to just chat with you and get to hear your story and get a little glimpse into everything you're doing. It sounds absolutely incredible.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you you. very much. I really enjoyed it. It was great. It was was
1: so good. You have such good insight on everything. It's really interesting to hear about. It's Mm -hmm.
0: really
2: good. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you for being on here today. And I just know this episode is going to inspire so many people. Oh, that was so good. Eden, I just the whole time we were listening to it, uh, I just kept thinking of you because that's like your dream. I know. Yeah, guys, I've been I've been thinking about going into film because I want to
1: do something creative and I want to work with people and do something with leadership and writing and oh my I just think it sounds like it sounds like something that Mm -hmm. I would love and so this episode oh my gosh it's just good it's a good like she was talking about networking but even things like this it just gets your foot in the door to what even expect a little bit and it's it's like an an advantage when you actually start doing it in the real world Mm -hmm. um I love this hearing from her is is I think also
0: it's really just good to hear when she said like like do research and just get involved because like for me even like I don't really know what I want to do and so I'm I'm thinking to myself like oh once I'm in college like I'll just have to decide and figure things out but if you do research and you go to little events like the one she's having Mm on the 17th and you can say like like you can get a glimpse into things and decide if it's for you or, or or not for you or if you're interested in that so I think the internet now and uh, like the advantages that we have now are very helpful to get to get a little glimpse into the different like things you can go into so you can know ahead of time yeah if you like them
1: okay i'm trying to think of my favorite point mm-hmm. and i think it has to be how she was talking about finding a director who sticks with her voice mm-hmm. and how she likes to be involved with the whole process because i think as a creative there's a lot of times it seems that creatives don't always get to see through their whole project. Mm. Like when an author is releasing a book and it goes to the editor and they make changes and it might not always align with like the original vision but like obviously the author can go back and say oh I was thinking of seeing it this way but I liked how she talked about for that being true for film as well because she has her story she has her characters who she said she pulls traits out from from herself and from people she loves and then she's able to say I pictured it this way I'd love to see it this way she can pick the cast who fits those characters she can Mm. Um, have the scene set up the way she pictured it and she can have her vision and her story still hold true.
0: She said this line, you can't stop inspiration. And I thought that was really cool because like there's a set time that she has to write and there's a set time that she has to do Zoom calls and there's a set time for everything, but you can't stop inspiration. There's no certain time for the inspiration to come. And it kind of just, I think being a creative and being someone who thrives off of that and doing your job off of that it's cool to hear that like random things will inspire her some article she's reading or someone she sees on the street or just things like that are inspiring because sometimes I think oh my gosh I have too many thoughts and too many ideas but when you the inspiration like you can't stop it 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 can't be controlled and contained which I thought was a cool thing that she said. Thank you so
1: much for listening to our conversation with Carla we got so much out of it and we really hope you did too. If you'd love to share it on your story, we would really appreciate that and leave us a rate and review on iTunes because it helps us to create content that's perfect for you.
0: And this episode was produced by our CEO, Taylor Kanagowski, edited by Kat Smith, and all music was created originally by Ethan McCullough. Take a deep breath, finish the year off strong. We love you. Stay Ruby.